it's like we're not trying to pretend like this has been done before but what we're trying to do is be open and yielded to the spirit of god in order for us to do something that will break barriers that will will be different uh, in our generation we want to see the reality of, of what we've been describing in collaboration and so i'm grateful to god for this message i'm grateful to god for this title this theme this this kingdom concept and that's what we're going to continue on and i'm not going to spend too long talking but it's good to be here a new thing london city worship london connecting again and this is what this is what it's really all about so thank you guys for sharing thank you guys for supporting for those who haven't watched last week please make sure you can you go back and watch it it's on this youtube channel um and then also make sure you invite someone if you know someone is not doing anything they're wasting their sunday invite them if someone you know is not interested in invite them they're not interested in christianity invite them that it's none of your just invite them they need to hear the word of the lord today is that okay fantastic 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 so last week we started in the book of genesis and we looked at the passage of scripture uh focusing on um the tower of babel we looked at how there were a group of people the bible said joined together with one mind one language one understanding to build a building that would reach the heavens reach the highest heavens and the Bible describes that they did this so that people would point to themselves or recognize that they were the ones who actually built this thing. Now, the thing about this that we looked at primarily was the union that came together or the, the, the power of unity that they had so much so that the Bible describes God saying, uh, I'm going to come down. I'm going to have to come down and destroy this thing. God says, wait, hold on up a second. God is sitting on his throne and he's looking down and he's going, hosts of heaven, come and look at this. Come and see what these people are building. Come and see what these people have united together to build. And then, why I'm using, because people might be like, oh, why are you using the Old Testament? I'm coming. The scripture is necessary. It's necessary. Why? It provides context. Why? Because now in the world, what are we seeing? We're seeing unbelievers join together for a common purpose, a common agenda. We've been hearing about it in different ways, shapes and forms. We've been hearing artists and politicians talking about an agenda, a one world agenda, a one world mandate. Why? What, what, is, what is the purpose? It's to lift up an agenda that is anti-God, that is anti-Christ. We focused on the money aspects of it. We focused on the, the mind control aspects of it. We focused on the centralizations of, of, of government and, and banks and all of those kind of stuff. But what is the main purpose behind it? The main purpose behind it is for nations to collaborate, to stand against God. Just as it was in the beginning, just as the Bible says, or Jesus says, he says, just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the times to come where people rebelled against God, where people hated God, where people had no, had no uh, uh, idea, idea of serving God in, in spirit and in truth. 
And now we are in those times. People are building things. People are building ideas. People are, are building philosophies. People are building ideologies that stand or that want to stand in the way of God. Education systems are pushing an agenda that says, you know what? The children don't need to know about God. They need to know about X, Y, Z. They need to know about everything else apart from God, about God's ways, about God's laws, about God's standards. And when we miss it, when we miss it, then we, we create a, a toxic culture whereby people feel like we can do stuff to intimidate this God. But I love the book of Psalms because the psalmist says, God looks down and says, look at these nations that are trying to stand against me. And God laughs from heaven. God laughs from heaven. So are we ready to move on today? And I said a lot of things, but I don't want to really go over too tough. The sermon is on the YouTube page. So you can go back and check that out. Now, the first point I want to say to today is this. If the church is in a building, the building has to shake because the kingdom within it is bigger than the building you are in. I'll say that again. If the church is in a building, if the people, the church, the ecclesia are in a building, the building has got to shake because the kingdom that is within them is bigger than the building that they're in. Last week I said something, that they sat in an upper room awaiting the Spirit of God to baptize them. And the Spirit of God comes upon them. And the Bible says that the, the, a rushing wind comes in. The, the, the upper room begins to shake. Why? Because this force, this power that is about is invading this space is bigger than the room that they're in. We focus on buildings for too long not recognizing that the buildings that we're sitting in are too small to contain us. The reason, the, oh, one of the main reasons why Christians will be comfortable sitting in a building is because they fail to under, understand the reality of the kingdom. When you fail to understand the reality of the kingdom, you will think that the kingdom ought to sit in a room. You will think that the kingdom ought to sit in a 50-seater. You will think the kingdom ought to sit within a You will think that the kingdom ought to sit within a 20,000 seater building. But the problem is the kingdom, the kingdom, sorry, is bigger than all the biggest church building you can find on the planet. The kingdom is bigger than that. And so when as believers we fail to renew our mind, we will only feel like the kingdom belongs in the building. So that's why we've dragged people to come into the building. We're waiting for people to encounter the kingdom only when they come into the building. And if the kingdom relies on you to stay in a building for it to work, then it's not the kingdom. <laughs> Jesus, look, 99.9% .9 of the miracles Jesus did were in the field. I'm using road slang now. Jesus was active. Jesus was performing more miracles on the roads, on the strip, in the ends, than he was in the synagogue. And yet, we are making the building the sole focus of Christianity. Come to my church. Come to the worship event. Come to the Bible study. The thing is that the kingdom was, was, was invented or the kingdom was established so that you could experience it anywhere you are. 
You can be in Brixton and experience the kingdom of God. You can be in Devon and experience the kingdom of God. You can be in prison and experience the kingdom of God. You can be on your deathbed and experience the kingdom of God. Why are we waiting for people to come into the building? That's why some people that criticize those that do healing ministries and whatever and say, why do you have to wait for someone to come to your crusade for the kingdom to be real? I agree with that notion. Why is it? Does the presence only dwell in your healing crusade? Does it only dwell in your, in your worship encounter nights? There's nothing intrinsically wrong with those things. But if we're waiting for, only if we wait for these events to happen before the kingdom of God arrives, then we've missed it. We've gone back to Old Testament. We've gone back to a, a mantra or mindset that says the kingdom of God is at hand. When Jesus died for the kingdom of God to be within. The faith, the, the, Christian, the, 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 the Christian belief now that says, that, that, that behaves like the kingdom of God is continually at hand is one of the reasons that the church is suffering right now. They're pointing fingers at the church. Why? Because we've always pointed to the building. The mindset, the mantra, the mandate of the church was never the building. So what does this have to do with collaboration? When that happened, when the Spirit of God came in the upper room, the room shook. And I said last week that God is shaking things. He wants to shake a thing. There needs to be times of shaking. There needs to be times of rattling. Yes. To separate the wheat from the shaft. There needs to be a shaking. We have to shake our mindsets, our mantras. Of, or, 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 I'm sorry, what it means to collaborate. What it truly means to be kingdom. That's why I love the, what Prophet Israel just spoke about a second ago. Networking and collaborating. Last night when I was driving home with my wife. And I was saying, I said, babe, what? I said, this mindset that we have in church that is, is, is about, you know, man of God, take my, take my business card, take my company card, take my ministerial card. This is, you know, this is what I'm all about. I get my PA to get back to you. I'm not saying that a PA is wrong. I'm not saying that a ministry card is wrong. People need to contact you. Yeah. But we've made kingdom so businesslike. It's so transactional. Man of God, I'll see you soon. But you know, man of God, I'll see you soon means man of God, I'll see you at the next conference that you're preaching at. <laughs> woman of God, I'll see you soon means woman of God, I'm going to see you in the next green room that we're going to be at. It doesn't mean that we're going to connect. It doesn't mean that we're going to be intentional about going for a coffee or going for a drink or going for a meal. It just means let's be professional. But God is breaking all forms of this professional aura and mind mandate that's coming into the church. This is not a professional thing. This is a matter of life and death. The arm doesn't connect with an eye on a, on the professional level. The leg leg doesn't connect with the head on a professional level. This is body business. This is if you don't work, something is going to happen to me. If my eyes don't work properly, it affects the rest of my body. If my ears, if one of my ears are chopped off, I lose the balance for my body. If one of my feet gets amputated, it affects how I walk. It affects how I move. How about that's how you ought to think? 
How about when I'm, when I'm being intentional with brothers and sisters, it's because this is life. This is a life and death issue. This is family business. This is body business. These are issues and matters of the body. Anyway, let me not go too far at my notes. In the Old Testament, in, at the Tower of Babel, the Bible says that God gave the, them language to divide them. God gave those people language to divide them. This one was speaking Swahili. This one was speaking Urdu. This one was speaking Tree. This one was speaking Yoruba. This one was speaking English. This one was speaking French. This one was speaking Lingala. They were speaking different languages. That means that the general consensus that they had, the ideas, the philosophies that bound them together, they lost it in a moment of time. Okay. Remember last week I said, language is key when it comes to unity. What language are you speaking? We can hear from believers what language they speak when they open their mouth. Yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just, you know what, men of God? When, even now, when people are using this terminology, build, I'm now even suspect of that word now. I'm suspect of the word build, and especially how people use it in sentences. Because this term build that people use is always about them and their agenda. I'm building this. Man of God, I'm just building, I'm just building this, I'm building that, I'm building this. Okay, what about other people? Man of God, I've just got to focus on myself. I'm building. We are not building a separate agenda. We are building as part of a wider context. If you ever find yourself building by yourself and you're doing things in silo and you're doing things in isolation, man or woman of God, doesn't matter whether you're a preacher or somebody that just does something in a marketplace, it doesn't matter. You're still, you've lost it some way, somehow. You're not building a separate thing. You're not building your own agenda. You're not building your own building. This is body business. Need someone to type that. This is bodybuilding business sorry so where does union first begin where does collaboration first begin genesis 126 let us people focus on god breathing in man in genesis 2 people forget let us yeah. is the key yeah. to people understanding what union is That's so good. god said let us that means father son holy spirit came together and said Right, there's something for us to do now. There's something that we ought to do in collaboration. There's something that we have to do in sync. If we're out of sync, we can't build this thing called man. I'll say that again. People, whether you feel that's heretical or not, I said what I said and I said what I said. doesn't matter. God said, Father, Son, Holy Spirit said, let us make man in our own image. Father and Son was not enough. Son and Holy Ghost was not enough. Father and Holy Spirit was not enough. Father, Son, Holy Ghost said, let us come together and make man in our own image and our own likeness. Collaboration starts with the Father. If God is going to command something for you, best know that he will do it himself. Best know that he will pattern it himself. If Jesus said that he's going to live in union or Jesus says, love your enemy, best believe Jesus had to practice that himself. If Jesus was going to say that we should practice union with the Holy Spirit, best know that Jesus had to do it for himself. Even when Jesus was alive, was he not speaking with the Father? Even when Jesus was alive, was he not speaking with the Holy Spirit? My friends, 
Let us not miss the pattern here. God modeled something for us so that we could walk in this reality. Remember, we sing the song, he came from heaven to earth to show what? To show the way. There's no excuse. Oh, you know, Jesus could do it, but I, he's God. And we, No, 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 sorry. Jesus didn't die. Leave his Holy Ghost with you so that you can say that he, could, he was the only one who could do it. If that's you, slap yourself right now. That's not the Christianity I preach. I'm sorry. The, what Jesus did on the cross was so powerful that it's a, it's, it's a smear. It's a stain on the blood of Christ for you to say that the, the blood is not efficient enough for you to walk like Christ. It's a stain. It's a, it's a slap on the face of the gospel, of the message of the gospel. It's, it's a discredit to the Holy Ghost. That the Holy Ghost can reside on the inside of you and you turn around and say, you know, well, only Jesus could do that. Why did he deposit? Why did he leave the seal of his approval on you? So you can turn around and say, "Sorry, I'm, I, I can't. Only, only God can." That's not humility. Sorry, that's not humility. That's your business. If you're offended, I'll pray for you after. Let us. And then what happened? God breathed. So what does that mean? It says God modeled. Then He gave you the capacity to do what He can do. This is a false gospel. That's your business. He breathed into you so that you would be enabled to do that which you couldn't do before. Man was lifeless. Man was an idea. But God formed him. And Genesis 2, God breathed in him. It's not just the breath of life. It's the breath of capacity. Adam was just a lump of dust. If God had not breathed into him, he would have not had not only the capacity. Wait, hold up. Let me clarify that. God gave him the capacity, but then God also had to give him the capabilities. What's the capacity? God had to form him out of the dust of the earth. That's the capacity, this earthen vessel we have. But God had to breathe the capabilities he never had before. The Bible says, then Adam became a living soul. Before, he was just a lump of dust. Then he became a living soul. Some of us are breathing, but our Christianity is dead. Because we've not allowed the breath and the wind of God to function and flow through us. So we've got the capacity, which is our earth, these earthen vessels, these earthen suitcases. But we don't allow the capabilities of God to work in and through us. And this is why many people don't want to collaborate. Because they're insecure. If only you knew what God deposited on the inside of you, you wouldn't have to be insecure about the next person. You wouldn't have to worry about whether they've got 10 gifts, 9 gifts, 35 gifts or not. And you've got one gift. One gift. You will know that what God has given you, you're able to do much with it. I think I said it last week. The parable of the talents. One, three, five. One decides to go and bury God came back, uh, the master came back and judged him according to what he had done. Many of you realize because of your insecurities, one day you will stand before God and give an account because of your insecurity. And you think, God, you know, well, God, I was insecure. I just didn't realize that, you know, you had placed something on it. Sorry, that weefity is not going to work. God is expecting a return on investment. So I'm speaking to those of you today 
you are moving in heavy levels of insecurity. The day, this is the day where your freedom comes. Amen. What you Amen. have is enough. Hallelujah. Amen. I, have, Amen. I have only a few loaves. I've only got only a few fishes. It's enough. God, I've, I've only got a rod. I've, I've got a rod that I found in the, in the backside of the day. It's enough. God, I've, 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 I, I, I can speak, but I stand. God says, it's enough. Whatever you have is enough. God, I'm a prostitute. Well, it's enough. Jesus. God, I'm a robber and I'm dying. I'm about to die. It's enough. What you have is enough. Now is the time to go and join yourself. When you, my goodness, listen to this. That story about the loaves and fishes. He didn't, he, he felt like he didn't have much. So what did he do? He collaborated. Who did he collaborate with? With the one who was most fruitful and the one who could multiply much. When you join yourself to those that God has aligned you with, you will be fruitful and you will multiply. I'll say that again. That little boy with the loaves of bread and the fishes. It wasn't much for the numbers that they had. So what did he do? He collaborated. I don't have much, but what I have, I'll give to you. What I have, I will join with you. Because when I join with you, it will be able to be much. Some of you with this inferiority complex, it's because you don't realize that what God has given you is enough. It's not just insecurity. Some of you feel like you're inferior because you have less than other people. The problem is this. There are some people with much that oh, they need to join with you before they can multiply. Oh my goodness. My goodness. There are some of you with little. And you're saying, oh, I feel like I need much before much can happen. God is saying there are people that have to join with you before they can multiply what they have in their hands. It's about perspective, guys. If the apostles could say, gold and silver we have not. But what we have, we give to you. That means the inferior things that they had, as long as they partnered with the one who was superior, who is above all things, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can ask or think, as long as they were able to partner with God himself, whose stockhouse is innumerable, immeasurable, unto him that is able to do above. When you partner with him, what happens? The exceeding. God is the multiplying factor. God is the fruitful factor. So when God says to Adam, be fruitful and multiply, it's because God put the seed of multiplication in him. Because God put the wind of multiplication in Adam, he could do so. Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our own image and likeness. Spiritual capabilities. Ephesians 1 verse 1. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed you with one, two, five, ten blessings? No. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That means when you gave your life to Christ, your bank account, it didn't triple, it didn't triple, it became eternal. <laughs> it came unbankruptable. Un- that, that's not even a word. It, you can't, your, 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 your spiritual bank account cannot bankrupt because you attach yourself to the one who, whose account is eternal. It's everlasting. 
Your God shall supply all your needs according to his riches. So it's not on your account, it's on his tab. When we're collaborating, we're not collaborating on our terms, we're collaborating on his tab. Because it's his spirit that joins us together. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? Yes, I need to fly through this. Yes, Bible, what does it stand for? It seeks to glorify itself and build monuments. You know what I love about, you know what I love about this? Is that it reminds me of the Mount Transfiguration. Where Jesus takes Peter, James and John. They see Moses, they see Elijah, they see Jesus in a glorified body. What happens straight after men of God? It says, Simon Peter said, Jesus, should we build an altar here? Can we build something here? That's the religious mindset. Always wants to build something. Something that once is meant to be a reality. The reality is that one day you will be glorified with him. The reality is, is that as he is in this world, so are you. And someone wanted to build an altar. Someone wanted to build a statue to say Jesus was here. Remember back in the days when people would write on the bus, so and so was here? So and so was here, so and so was here. What does that do? It says so and so was there. But you don't know so and so. Man like SKY was here. Lady like Lady, girl like Lady Shabby was here. But you've never seen her before. That's the problem with the church. We want to go to statues and not to a living savior. We want to encounter monuments. We want to go back to what he did in the latter rain movements and what he did in Azusa Street and what he did with the charismatic renewal and all of those stuff. Jesus lives today, guys. I'm struggling to understand why Christians are still returning back to monuments. We're still, we're returning to monuments, we're returning to statues as if the life is in those statues. And Jesus had to tell Simon, don't build that statue here. I want to dwell in you guys. I'm soon about to go, but I'm going to deposit my spirit on the inside of you. So why are you going to build something here? And so as believers, it's not about building the biggest building or building the biggest business. It's about that which starts that business, that which gives you the capacity to start that business or build that building or do whatever you want to do. It's about getting that thing inside the people. It's about getting those things, getting the thing that lives within you into the marketplace. It's about getting that one who lives on the inside of you into your workplace. It's about getting the one who lives on the inside of you into your family that are not saved. It's about getting the one who is in you and 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 going into government and releasing the kingdom that is within you jesus says to nicodemus john chapter 4 unless a man be born again he cannot enter the kingdom of god unless a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of god the reason why is because we're not even preaching simple truths of being born again again Unless a man be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. When I study that word see, it's not just a physical scene. It's more about the perception of when the kingdom of God is around. When us as believers are around, when I step into a workplace, can I perceive that the kingdom of God is moving in this place? Whether the manager or the CEO is LGBT or an atheist, when I step into this building, can I smell the presence of God? Can I see, can I physically see the presence of God? Can Can I sense that the host of heaven are working in this place. It doesn't matter whether there's pe- there's secular humanists here or there are LGBT here or there's 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 atheists here or there's Muslims here or there's people that are antichrist here or there's witches and wizards here. Can I step into a place and know that the kingdom of God is here? 
But you know what? We've settled for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's close to you, but it's not quite near enough. Wow. 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 It's close. Yeah. I'll give you a teaser. I'll give you a snippet. I'll give you, I'll give you a snippet, bro. I'll give you a taster. The Bible says, come, taste, and see that the Lord is good. I don't need, I want you to have a banquet. You see, the thing about Jesus is that he was not in the business of giving people, let me give you a taster. When he provided those loaves and fishes, the Bible says that there was food left over. Oh, people don't want to hear this gospel. Come on, man. There was food left over, men of God. The woman at Zarephath, bring your oil. <laughs> bring your oil. You only have a little left. That's fine. <laughs> You're about to collaborate with the one who will allow your oil not to run over. That's a prophetic picture. In fact, that's a prophetic declaration. Some of you are like the issue with uh, the woman from Zarephath. He says, God, I only have this little oil left. <laughs> the Lord says, you better pour that oil. And I'm going to show you that those vessels are going to continually overflow. This is the thing about partnering with God. Guys, are you understand, understanding that the little you have is all you need? We've made, we've made Christianity about you need to have X, Y, Z, da, 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 before you can flow in the anointing, before you can flow in this, before you can flow in that, before you can flow in your mind. The problem is that was not the prerequisite of Jesus Christ. Right. Jesus wants people to enter a kingdom, not a building. Jesus wants people to enter a kingdom and not a building. It might seem like I'm trying to slag off buildings, guys. We need buildings. We need buildings. I'm telling you, we need buildings. But if people have not entered the kingdom, what does that building mean? What does a building mean to God if people are not entering the kingdom? When you enter the kingdom, it works reverse as well. The kingdom enters you. When you enter this kingdom, this kingdom enters you. It says, You've chosen to receive what God has done for you. Now God has chosen to collaborate with you in all your endeavors. Exodus 31, verse 1 to 6. God instructs Moses to do what? To build a tabernacle. So what does he say, men of God? He said there are two that the Spirit of God, uh, there are two men in whom the Spirit of God dwell. Yes. Who are they? Bezaliel and Aholiah. Guys, I'm telling you, listen. When I studied the Hebrew manuscripts, scripts, rabbinical text, you know, you know what it says? Yeah. It says it's commonly believed that Bezalel was 13 years old. Yeah. It's commonly believed that Bezalel was 13 years old. Yet the Spirit of God chose to dwell on in him. And through that, what is the, the, it, it says... I studied this a little bit. It says that Bezalel was a metal worker. Bezalel was a jeweler. Bezalel was a gem cutter. He was a woodworker. He was an engraver. He was a designer. He was an embroiderer. He was a weaver. And he did all manners of inventive works. <laughs> this was Old Testament, guys. <laughs> I need you guys to understand this. Because when, when, when we fail to deep the reality of it, we will settle for a lesser version of Christian. This was the Old Testament, guys. Jesus hadn't died. The Holy Spirit was not for to, to, to it was not to be indwelling in man. 
because that was the promise had not yet come. Yet it said that God chose to partner through his spirit with young men who were able to build a tabernacle. Man of God, why didn't Moses build a tabernacle? Why didn't Moses build a tabernacle? Why couldn't the spirit of God come upon Moses to do it? Because God has an agenda which requires everybody to play a part. And I want to say this for those who are prophetic, apostolic, who believe in the fivefold. This whole one man band show, one woman band show, those days are over. Those days are over. Because every apostle man of God needs a prophet. Am I lying? Go back to the, go back to the book of Acts. Every apostle needs a pastor. If I'm lying, go back to the book of Acts. Every prophet needs an evangelist. You guys don't want to hear this gospel. It's fine. The man of God, the man of power for the hour, fantastic. You need to collaborate. Yes. The, 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 the church in Antioch sent people out in twos. Even the, the, even the apostle that all of you like to shout, well, one of the apostles that all of you like to shout, Paul the apostle, all of you the Paul fans, did its first missionary trip. Who did they send it with? Barnabas. Barnabas who? A prophet. Wow. Collaboration. Luke chapter 10. What does the Bible say? The Bible says Jesus <laughs> sent them out. How? In once? <laughs> in once, my bro. In once? He sent them in twos. We were never meant to do this by ourselves. Guys, no, 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 no. Guys, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Genesis, <laughs> Genesis chapter 2. What does God say? Let me speak into the microphone a little bit. Good. <laughs> Men and women of God, the Bible says it is not good. It is not good. It was not good. It was not fit that man should be alone. Can you guys hear? I'm, I'm speaking into the microphone. It was not good that man should be alone. Not good. God said, this is good. That is good. This is good. That is good. Look at the thing that God said it was not good. It is not good that man should be alone. Right. So I'm wondering why the church in the church we've adopted a mindset of we can do this by ourselves. This is what I'm trying to wonder when it says in Galatians chapter 5, when someone is overtaken in thought, does it say that that person should go for 40 days prayers and fasting? Man of God. It's just me and God. It's just me and God. It says, let those of you who are spiritual. Come on. Let those of you who are spiritual. So I'm trying to understand how this Christian walk was ever meant to be siloed. How, it was, how was it ever meant to be done by yourself? It says, Acts chapter 2, that the people sat together. And they, they, they broke the apostles' doctrine together and they broke bread. Together. Hebrews, don't forsake the fellowship of the brethren. So what is this individuality? The world wants to promote individuality because they know that the enemy knows that when he gets you by yourself, he can get you into a corner and finish you off. It says one. My men of God, my good. I'm not even looking at my notes anymore. It says one. A thousand. How many for two? Ten thousand. Not even double. Not even double. Exponentially. This is not addition. This is ex in mathematics we call it exponential growth. Exponent. It's not step, step, step. It's exponential. It shoots up. 
So I'm trying to understand. Why have we? It's my church. It's my sheep. It's my assignment. No, it's God's assignment you fit into. Right. Yeah, that's it. I might add, might I add to this. I, I wrote this down. I wrote that this whole topic of collaboration, we can look at it from a practical example like a puzzle. The puzzle gives context for all of the pieces. Yeah. But without one piece, the other piece doesn't, doesn't make sense. Yeah. You can have a puzzle that's made up of 100 pieces. One missing, all of the other individual pieces lose. They lose their context. So you that just thinks you're the bee's knees, you, I'm anointed. Wow, thank God. The Bible says you all have the same anointing. (laughs) You all have this one anointing. (laughs) That's what the Bible says. (laughs) But that anointing, listen, this is why we can't brag or boast. Because the same Holy Spirit you have, man of God, The same Holy Spirit you have, man of God, is the same Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. But the giftings that we have are diverse. So the the reason why we can't boast is because it's the same Holy Spirit. (laughs) So what does anointing truly mean? It means that the God that is all on the inside of us empowers us to do the different things that he's placed on the inside of us. The same God empowers us to do different things. But these different things, we complement each other. So it goes back to Babel. He gave them language to confuse them. But in the upper room, he gave them language to connect them. In the upper room, God gave them diverse languages to connect them. And the Bible says that outside of the building, people from all corners of the globe were standing there. Wait, they're speaking my language. These people are, they're speaking Swahili. These people are speaking French. That's my language. Wait, but hold up. Look, look at the building. Look at where we are in the world. How, how is it possible that, there's, possible that they're speaking my language? How are these people speaking Lingala? How are people from the Mediterranean speaking Yoruba? How are people from, from this part of the world, how are they speaking Asian languages? How are they speaking Hindi? It's the same God. But use those languages. Imagine all those diversities of languages. Coming together to say the kingdom of God is here. God is moving in this place. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the savior of the world. He's come to deliver mankind from the power of sin. Then Paul goes on to give us a beautiful revelation. 1 Corinthians 12. We are many parts, one body. Many parts, one body. Many parts, guys, one body. All connected to the spirit of God, mind you. Genesis, God breathed into man. Exodus, God placed his spirit upon Zalio and Aholia. The book of Judges, what does it say about Samson? It says, and the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. Guys, the spirit of the Lord came upon, the spirit of the Lord collaborated with a man who didn't obey him. Anyway, that's another topic for another day. Agialis, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. To defeat the enemies of God. You guys don't want to hear this preach. You know what we do when we collaborate? We prove the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. 
Amen. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable what? Service. What service? Another word for service? Ministry. That you may prove what? The good and the acceptable and perfect will of God. When people come into atmospheres of collaboration, they begin to understand the good will of God, the perfect will of God, the pleasurable will of God, when God's people come together. So I find it hard that now we have people in the body attacking the body. Use whatever rationale you want. Use whatever rationale you want, okay? Oh, there's false teachings. We need to get it. We need to get it out. There's this that we need to get it out. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if your leg has gangrene and you cut that leg off, do you know how that influences the rest of the body? Do you know that you can't be the same again? Man of God. If someone's leg should get gangrene and the doctor says we're doing a diagnosis, we have to cut this leg off. Do you know your body will never be the same again? They can give you they can give you a plastic leg. You, your life will never be the same again. So I want to speak to those of you. And I'm speaking to those who have ill intentions by doing this. Those are you there's some who are genuinely doing it but out of zeal. You can listen to this. But when you make it a personal, when you make it a personal thing to attack and kill the body yourself, understand this. You'll be held chargeable for trying to commit suicide. <laughs> you will be held chargeable for trying to commit suicide don't attack what God is trying to build and if you're not if your first instinct is not to try and heal to help and to build then you find yourself in a dangerous place are we here people of God yes, I'm gonna, only going to do a few more lines because I know the time is long Sorry, Facebook, I haven't been looking. I haven't been looking, but I'll, I'll look after. We have emphasized denominations, streams, and schools of thought over having a body mentality. Do you hear me? We've emphasized denominations, streams, and schools of thought over a body mentality. Rather than going... Go on, brother. Go on, sister. What I can't touch, what I can't reach, you can. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's good. It's not even just that. In the marketplace, our brothers and sisters in the fashion space, rather than demonizing them and going, why are they wearing ripped jeans? We can see a bit too much of their V-line. Why don't you pray for them and go, you know what? I'm praying that the kingdom that is within you is going to be released as you step into London Fashion Week, as you step into Paris Fashion Week, as you step into New York Fashion Week, rather than trying to demonize them. Our brothers and sisters in the entertainment space, actors, actors, actresses, producers, rappers, singers, you're part of the body. And I partner with you because you're my brother and sister in Christ. I wrote something down. Why is it that us as believers, we use our differences to divide us rather than using our differences Come to on. connect us? Why do we use the things that... Look, if you, like fear, if, you like, if you like scholarly Christianity, it's not altogether... It's, it's not intrinsically wrong. 
Because people want to understand the word of God. They want to grow in the knowledge of God. But why are you trying to demonize people that like to flow in the gifts of the spirit? Rather than going, there's, these are brothers and sisters that are seeing the power of God move, move in ways that I've never encountered it before. Ride on brother. Ride on sister. As long as the heart is authentic and we're doing this in the name of Christ, then I'm for you. You guys that, that you know, you guys that love your scholarly, bloody, bloody, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to find fault against you per se. I'm going to look and go, look, you're going after the wisdom of the scripture. You're looking at how we can get the teaching elements of Christian, the Christian faith correct. Ride on brother and sister. Keep on teaching the truth. Keep on preaching the truth. Keep on living the truth. Why are we looking? Guys, uh, this is, you know what, it's such a toxic mindset and behavior. Like, who, who would go, like, the people, you know the people that go, look, I'm ugly. Look, I'm disgusting. Those are, the, those are the people that suffer from not just loads of mental health issues. They have loads of physical body issues. It might be that they're anorexic or they might be very overweight, whatever. Or they might have, you know, some sort of health issues or problems. Because they're always picking on themselves. Rather than going, this is a work of art. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Therefore, I've got to look after this temple. Rather than picking on this temple. Collaboration looks like, what are the good things you can see about your brothers and sisters? Celebrate them for such. God forbid you will see me online dragging another, dragging another church or dragging another street. God forbid. Because that's not my mandate. And one day I will stand before God. Yes. And I will get I would have to give an account of why I was dragging his precious body body. The body that he shed his blood for, I will one day have to give an account. This is why people don't understand. Don't be too quick to jump on YouTube. Don't be too quick to jump on Instagram live because you will stand before your father. Zeal or not. Zeal or not. You will stand before God and give an account of why you were trying to inflict pain on the very thing that he was trying to build. Remember Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail. So don't be, don't be like your father the devil, the apostle John says. Don't be like your, God forbid that that should be the case for any of you that are watching this thing. And what was he saying that in reference to? Someone who was attacking his brother. Was he saying attacking unbelievers? No. He was talking in the context. He was saying, don't be like Cain who killed his brother. Don't be like Cain who killed his brother. Cain should have seen his brother as an extension of himself. Cain should have seen his brother as an extension of myself. This is my flesh. This is my blood. If my brother was able to offer a good sacrifice, that means I can offer a good sacrifice. But what did he do? He decided to become envious and killed his brother. Even after God gave him a warning, man of God. Yeah. <laughs> Final notes. When your body conscious, you won't have time to tear down. My goodness. When your body conscious, you won't have time to attack. When your body conscious, you won't use your differences to divide, but rather join collaboratively in serving a common cause. How can this work, guys? This can only happen by the Spirit of God. God wants, I want, uh, this is what I'm going to end on. God wants to collaborate. God wants us as believers to collaborate with one another, yeah. but also with himself, anywhere and everywhere. And God gave me two examples. Remember the Hebrew boys 
in the furnace. They made this furnace for people who would disobey the king and wouldn't bow down when the trumpet sounded. And these people said, whether or not God is real, mm -hmm. we won't bow down to your God. These are people who chose to say, whether it is or whether it's not, we will still choose God. And what happens? In the furnace, they turn it up. But the king says something very interesting, guys. And I'm sure a lot of people haven't recognized this or noticed this. The king said, there's a fourth, there appears to be a fourth man who looks like the son of man. How did a pagan king, <laughs> how did a pagan king understand that God had a son? Jesus Christ would not come for another few hundreds of years. Yet the king said, there appears to be a fourth man and he appears like the son of man. Other translation says he appears as the son of God. Whether you're in the fire, God wants to be in the fire with you. Because why? The kingdom can't be quenched by fire. Daniel was in the lion's pit. God said, that's fine. I'll, I'll jam with you there. I'll send the host of heaven there. They came down. What, is, what, what, did, what did Daniel say? He said, that's fine. He said, my God shut the mouth of the lions. Some of you are like, can I take God here? Can I not take him there? No. Wherever you go, it belongs to you. Remember, for Joshua, the Bible says, wherever he stepped, yeah. I have given to you. Yeah. So when he would step there, it was given to him. The thing is, with us, wherever we go, it's us anyway. <laughs> wherever you are, the kingdom is there already. Can the kingdom be experienced is the question. That's why now I've changed the metrics for what I value, my, my value systems in Christianity. Is it by the airy fairy? Is it by the followers? Is it by the clout? Or is it by the kingdom? Yeah. Can I see the kingdom in you? Is the kingdom revealed in you? Whether you're poor, you're rich, male, female, Jew, Greek, does it matter? As long as I can see the kingdom there. That should be my metrics. Right. So, bro, you know what? Yeah, I don't mind Christians in Hollywood. As long as the kingdom's there. I don't mind. There can, look, there can be four saved believers in the whole of Hollywood. That's all God needs. He just needs one person to collaborate with. But I'll go back to Luke 10. This is where I am. Or is it Matthew 17? So it says, Jesus breathed. Jesus breathed on them and sent them. Is this breath, is this wind, is this spirit, the spirit of God, Holy Spirit, that orchestrates this thing? And I know that even as a result of this, these, these message, this, this message and this concept, that a level of conviction like never before, that will challenge mindsets and ideas and ideologies and philosophies that are world-like. And God is going to bring you back to the Genesis mandate. It's not good that man should be alone. No woman should be an island. No man should be an island. God created man for interconnectivity. Jesus created his body for interconnectivity. 
as my good friend Dr. Oscar says, anything without a head is a monster. Anything without a head is a monster. But the head, Jesus decided to connect with us. Jesus, the head, decided to connect with his body. If our Lord, if your Lord and Savior decided to connect with you, what excuse do you have? And so, Father Lord, I just thank you. I want to thank you for, I want to thank you for the gift of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're sweet, you're amazing, you're beautiful. You're the spirit of collaboration. Does the Bible not say that in 1 Corinthians, that the mysteries and the deep things of God you make known to us? So the Holy Spirit is the ultimate collaborator. You get the things from the Father, you get the things from the Son, and you make it known unto us. And Holy Spirit, we want to apologize for the times where we dishonored you by not collaborating with you on a daily basis. By not asking you the simple things. What do we do? How do we do it? Where do we do it? When can we do it? Just the simple things, we apologize. I even hold up my hands to this as well. And I ask that your people get the revelation that this union with you breaks the barriers, breaks the boundaries, breaks the mindsets, breaks the strongholds, breaks the yokes that have easily ensnared us and held us as a body back. And I'm praying in the name of Jesus that for us as a body, starting with us over here in the UK, I'm praying that the body of Christ will begin to unite once again. And using differences to join rather than using differences to divide. May we see how we can serve each other. May we serve and love others. May we use what we have, whether it's little, whether it's big. May we use it to serve the body first. Let our love for one another grow. Let this truth prevail, Father God. Let us understand we are the ecclesia. We are the legislative body. We are God's governing body on the earth. Help us to understand that we are a body. And even the little things, maybe maybe by, by the things that we say, maybe by our actions and behaviours and, and character that inflicts pain in one way, shape or form. Make us aware of those things, Holy Spirit, so that we can walk in truth and we might be a people that help build rather than tear down. Let us not work on behalf of the enemy to tear the body down. But may we be people of the spirit that build the kingdom that Jesus said he's here to build. Even his church. And Father Lord God, I'm praying that even this week. That you will show people how you want them to collaborate. Not just with the spirit of God, but with others. Business ideas. Even in the work field, career wise. Even relationship-wise. Even business-wise. I even strongly sense right now that, they, that there's uh, people on the live, I think at least two people that, they, you want to start up charitable organizations. Mm -hmm. You strongly felt it. I see two women that you, you've, you strongly felt on your heart to start charitable organization, uh, an, a charitable organization, but you're just like, I don't know if I can do it by myself. And the Holy Spirit is saying, yes, because I've called you to connect. And the Lord is bringing 
you guys together. He's bringing you guys together. He's connecting you guys. This thing is going to come forth. Yeah. I even um like there's going to there's going to be times in the future where the government are going to come to you and it's not just about awards. They're going to come to you and ask you to be like specialists. They're gonna okay. you're gonna be sitting on boards to be to, to act as consultants. Yes, Lord. The spirit of collaboration. There's someone even on this live that is like, I, I, I'm not sure. Like, I, I feel distant from Holy Spirit. I, I, even where you're even beginning to question whether Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. And the Lord is saying, I've come to remind you that no, the Holy Spirit hasn't gone anywhere. But the Lord is saying that you've been too distracted. And the distractions have caused you to under... or. Uh, have, have made you divert your attention from the things that matter and God is saying it's not just the secret place I want you to know that my thoughts concerning you are good and they're pure I want you to know and understand that I've always wanted to connect with you and collaborate with you I've always wanted to be in sync with you open your eyes open your heart the Lord says today in the name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Father God. And I pray, Lord God, that you will use these words, these sermons, these services that have happened for the past two Sundays. I'm praying that in the name of Jesus Christ, that the right listeners will hear and they will know what they ought to do next. They will discern what to do next and they will know what to do next. Father Lord, I thank you. I thank you for ANC. I thank you for City Worship London. And I pray that your hand will continually rest on us and you will use us to pioneer and push this message. This is the time of collaboration for the church. Let the church arise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.